Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk about Nick's recent trip to Falcon Lake, silly things guide clients say, Josh's Wild West tournament on Lake Pleasant, deep jigging spoon fishing, and some wild scenes from Lake Havasu. This was a fun one and hope you guys enjoy. We appreciate you tuning in for a uh, another weekend uh, BS session with us. Today, uh, we've just kind of got the regular crew, uh, Nick and Rob and uh, myself. I tried to do this thing inside the house since it's so cold, but I'm back in my garage. Apparently, the Wi-Fi is better in my garage somehow than inside my actual house. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with you guys? Let's start with Rob. What uh, What's up with you, man? Uh, just a lot of home improvement still going on. I, I feel awkward being on a fishing podcast when I, I'm so disconnected from the outdoors right now. Cause I've been working every day on the house and it'll be that way for a little while. So, um, I think your new I'm, name is Rob via instead of Bob yeah, via you're Rob yes. via coming in. Yeah, live. We're going to, as soon as we get done with this one, we're going to do a, a home improvement podcast. So <laughs> I thought it was Vila. Is it Via? I thought it was, oh, was it's Spanish, Vila. bro. Two L's is a yeah sound. <laughs> Didn't you take high school Spanish? I'm trying to make him sound legit. Uh, that's hilarious. So that's a, I'm just anxious to hear some fishing stories from you guys because I know you guys have been out fishing and doing the thing. So uh, hopefully I can live through you guys. Nice. Hey, real quick, what's the uh, everyone wants to know, dude? Because I want to see you on the water again. What's the scoop with your hand? Uh, it's doing better. Um, the, the cut is, or the incision is healing up really well. My hand's not fully back, fully functional yet, but it, uh, hopefully we'll get there soon. Is it, are you feeling it more and more and like doing, being able to do more and more with it? Like, is it trending in that right direction? Uh, it's about the same as it was before the surgery. So it's, uh, Big movements are fine. It's the fine details that I can't, uh, still can't do. But I mean, nerves, they say it could take a year to get better. So wow. hopefully it does. So we'll see. Um, I'm just happy to have the cast off and being able to function. So all that cool. sounds like I might have a chance at beating you in any sort of fishing related competition going forward. I like it. It's very likely. Yeah. And I will tell not you the way, that, hey, not the way things have been going for you on the water lately, Nick. Let's uh let's jump right into that. <laughs> What's up I was gonna you? say, Rob, the Snoopy rod was much lower impact on the nerve. So worst case, I'll loan there you one go. of those. That's what I need to do then. Yeah. You need to custom build yourself one, Rob. Yeah, no kidding. Bring back the V Koi era. Dude, mm-hmm. you should build V Koi kids rods. There we go. There we go. You could afford to pay well. someone to do your tile. <laughs> So yeah, so now it's time for everyone to laugh at my ineptitude, my continued ineptitude at fishing. Um, got back from scenic, beautiful Zapata, Texas, late Thursday evening, um, and uh, you know it was tough, man. We we sucked. We caught one largemouth bass across two full days of pounding Falcon Lake with uh, Matt Reed who uh, had nothing to do with him, man. He's the, he's the real deal. You can tell he knows what's up. I think maybe we just caught a little bit of a funky, you know, weather pattern. But most of all, I think we just sucked. How many boats were out there fishing, dude? Was it like, because I was just under the understanding that it was, it was starting to really pick up. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe you just hit it at the very worst month of the year. But like, were there a lot of boats fishing to where you're like, okay, it's kind of going on? Or was it? dead down well, there well the homies south of the border were still doing their thing they were okay. fishing hard 
but anything with an outboard larger than a nine nine was uh there weren't many of those so the hmm. pangas were definitely doing their thing but uh you know the first day there was i think we saw two other bass boats and then the second day it was just us so right on well uh how was the trip down there man so so uh nick went with our buddy mark who uh, we need to have on the podcast to talk about this more i uh, i didn't want to bug him right when he got back to alaska but like uh talk about your time with mark a little bit man dude mark would have been game i think mark he's is always game dude he's game dang, for we need everything to get him on next week yep yep we and it will be our best episode ever because mark is just that like true ride or die friend in life who uh you know is willing to drop everything at a moment's notice three small kids and a wife and the islands of alaska and fly down on like a 10-hour airplane trip to get in a car and drive 16 hours east to catch practically nothing for two days and then turn around and drive all the way back and then fly all the way home. And he had a smile on his face. The Never complained once. Oh, not only did he not complain, he contributed, right? <laughs> like when things would get a little sour, all you have to do is look at him with his big goofy mustache because he's doing the whole November bleeding into December thing. And you just can't help but smile, man. Like he's just, he's a fragrance, not an odor for sure. <laughs> nice, right? But on. you know, there were so many aspects of that trip that like encapsulates what the angler's happy hour is all about. Like we stayed in some of the just seediest, nastiest hotels and like I'll post a picture of it. I haven't sent it to you guys. Oh, please. But uh, dude, I mean, we were like, we were doing the, uh, um, mdj special looking at outlets to check on bed bug you know um presence we stayed at one in in del rio and uh we we cruised into del rio at like it was coming home and uh it was 12 31 a.m and i was like all right we got to get a hotel room and sleep so that i can finish the drive tomorrow you know and it'll be stress-free and i think it was the best western in del rio totally tricked me man they had like fancy lighting on the outside they had like some landscaping to make it look like it was maybe like 1.5 stars instead of negative two stars and i uh, said so let's let's do it man like even though there was a homeless guy pushing a shopping cart on the intersection like one block down it was just time to do it <laughs> and so for the low low price of 79.99 we got ourselves a room and i went upstairs you know it uh, it's a two-story garden style hotel and i closed the door and all around the border of the door there is more light coming in than i think it's shielding out from the street lights <laughs> <laughs> and i go to turn the deadbolt and it's just like a numb hollow like nothing's happening in there it's just it's just a oh dump. no like oh this is not secure hey they, it, they don't want it because dude it causes too much damage every time the doors get kicked in when you have an actual deadbolt it causes too much damage so they want them to open <laughs> easily so they're easier to fix every time dude it is it's like a jamie johnson song the cops are about to kick in the door while i'm you know playing with balloons or something but so then it has like the old like blade style, like deadbolt, you know what I'm talking about? Where it like swings out. It's not the chain. There's like a blade. So I did that and I opened the door and it opened like three inches before it finally hit the blade. Jeez. The door has no paint on it. It's got scratches and stuff. I, I'll post the picture. It's classic. But that was the start of that evening. And uh, 
needless to say, I slept in my long underwear on top of the sheets and I put like my hat on and stuff because I wasn't trying to sleep in those sheets. But here's Mark, man, stripping down, crawling under the blankets and just going for it. That's Mark's MO, man, in life. He just, he, he's not afraid. I guess it's the Alaskan in him. He just goes for it. He's but, just tougher than you, bro. Oh, 10,000% tougher. What was the weather like down there? Um, you know, it was, it was chilly. We had highs in like the low sixties. So when you're getting on in the morning, it was, uh, you know, low fifties ish. So similar to what we have going on here. A thousand percent. And, uh, um, you know, I'm obviously, as you can tell by my record on Falcon now, not an expert, but obviously those Florida strain fish are, they like it warm. You know what I mean? Like I think that it was maybe some of it, Josh can, extrapolate farther on that but you know the second day we had a we had a healthy northwestern wind and uh shout out to matt reed man we were we were fishing you could just tell we were we were where it would be going on if it was going on you know we're fishing a lot of like offshore structure spots and uh you know like main channel stuff and then like outside of the big bays and fishing fantastic like ledges and rock piles but on that day the wind was blowing we were fishing a spot and it was like main bowl of the lake and it was an offshore spot pointed right into the northwestern wind dude and we were just taking him over the front of his boat man because you know he had spot lock on <laughs> it would just plow through i don't they weren't huge waves but they were enough that like dude we were just getting him soaked the boat was getting soaked i mean he was doing everything he could and uh you know it, it's just That's hard tough. to hard to throw a deep crank on a Barbie rod. I think, you know, it wasn't his fault. It was my fault for not being able to catch him. <laughs> no, dude. You just got dealt a bad hand, bro. You know, and that's the thing about going on a, on a trip like that. If you, you know, you got two days, you just, you get lucky with the conditions or you don't, man. But you know what? I'll tell you what, man, like it, uh, 2020 has just been a year for every single human on planet earth. And so the opportunity for that to pop up, to spend like, four days with just a truly great friend and uh getting out on the water and you know i I caught the fish i did catch was pushing five pounds you know and i caught him cranking and it was kind of your classic like big eat at the side of the boat and then all the the chaos erupts you know and the fish he ate it deep so he was hooked good but you know he's just jumping and blowing up and that excitement alone made it worth you know everything and you know matt reed is a hell of a guy dude he'd pick us up at the hotel and guess where his first stop was? Breakfast. Tina's Cafe, baby. You nice. know it's a trip saver when you can go get flour tortillas, scrambled yeah. eggs and chorizo, refried beans. It's like from that point forward, you know you've locked in a good tip, even if you catch nothing, because it's like you know, 14 <laughs> cups of coffee and a bunch of greasy pork fat is a great start to every day. And um, Yeah, it was fun, man. We took my car, and uh, I sent you guys the pictures of that We we had at, at certain stretches along those nothingness parts of West Texas highways, we tried to double the speed limit and we got pretty close a few times. And, you know, Rob, you're worried about hitting deer. We didn't see any deer, but you didn't uh, see any deer. They saw us, but we yeah. didn't see them, but no, <laughs> they were there. You, I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> we, uh, we got up there and we were scratching on there. My car has a, like a data logger. So it records like your highest top speed ever and stuff like that. So we were trying to set all the records in it. And one of our cannonball record passes, I had come down from a high level of speed, went around a corner and dude, there was a coyote on the side of the road that dude, he was like, eye level with us in my car. It was a big dog. Like he was, he was a big old dog and he was just calmly standing on the shoulder 
we flew around the corner and then he just like slandered like across the road like he knew exactly what was going on it's like okay all right rob's right i think hitting that coyote probably wouldn't have been too devastating would have been devastating for him and the front end of my car but uh we took it easy after that and uh, a good time was had by all but i'll tell you what man i'm such a wimp i'm so out of shape slinging a you know big crankbait on a cranking rod all day and just chucking and winding it was so fun but man i was tired like <laughs> i'd get Dude, done after and just be tired people don't realize there's fishing shape you have to get into fishing yeah, shape it's right. for real man like yeah. people don't realize that but it's just muscles you don't use every day right yeah well thank you for that that's a nice disclaimer i don't know if i use any muscles anymore any day but my soft supple hands and my shoulder were you know feeling it so did did matt speak of what fishing should have been like if it was ideal conditions it had, or it had been good you yeah. know and and he was or you know i didn't know matt very well practically at all so in the beginning he was you know making sure that we understood the context that the lake has been good and they have been catching big ones but right one of my superpowers is is breaking down people's defenses and pretty soon i was giving him a hard time asking to go to the a water and he was giving me the bird and i was teasing him about <laughs> pictures he'd he'd shown me so we were having a great time but yeah dude they've been i mean i think in the last month he's caught two or three over 10 so nice nice so it, it was supposed to you know it should have been good and this is the third time i've been to falcon and one time was when josh fished the elites a thousand years ago and that one i think was in april and the fishing was good the other two times have been in december man and i, I get it like it just it's like going to the best place at the worst time and expecting right. a miracle. And I didn't, man, I was, I was fine. I, I'm good. Where are you going to go right now and be guaranteed to whack them? You know, it's, it's Nowhere. almost, you know, I gotta go to if South you hit Africa. something perfectly, you might get lucky and have a good day, but yeah, right. it's just, it's not like, like April, you said you could pretty much go anywhere in April and have a good day. Right. Right. And I tell you what, man, I, I didn't have any diapers to change. I didn't have anybody yelling at me. I just, you know, got a little carried away in the evening and had too many adult party favors so that the next morning was challenging. But that was my only headwind that I was working through. Everything else was was all good. Cool to let down, uh, let you let your guard down a little bit for a couple of days, man. That's good. Talk about the food. Did you eat just nothing but authentic Mexican food down there? So, man, I was bragging about freaking gas station Mexican food and how wonderful it was going to be. Yeah, the Laredo Taco Company isn't what I remembered it. I, I went 0 for 3 at the Laredo Taco oh, Company, man. and it was, uh, yeah, that part of it really disappointed. But, uh, you know, Tina's Cafe is, is every, you know, small town's greasy spoon, man. Tina is back there whipping it up. Her daughter's serving it, and uh, it was fantastic, man. That part of it was good. But we had some real sketchy meals, too. I think, uh, you know, maybe TripAdvisor or something needs an update or something because we, uh, we had some winners and we definitely had some losers. And, you know, I, I would say the hotels were very Angler Happy Hour-esque and a few of the meals were a little bit dicey, too. So it was, it was down the middle. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark goes, yeah, we uh, are headed to have diarrhea in Del Rio. <laughs> <laughs> dude we, that's hilarious we had so much fun with matt because you know matt's matt's got that beautiful <clears throat> southern drop and i will tell you that like within about 30 minutes of hanging out with him mark and i were just going to town like i we were just milking it way too hard and i think for like four days everything was a joke and diarrhea and del rio was 
was uh, high on the list and anything we could. So we were just a bunch of idiots catching nothing and making fools of ourselves. And that in a nutshell is 32 years of my time on this planet. So. Well, cool. Sounds like a great trip. Yeah, it was, man. No speeding tickets. That's a plus. Um, you know, what, I was also wondering, go ahead, Rob. What was the top speed? If you can. Oh, I, I scratched 148. Dude, I'm glad I wasn't with you. Yeah, I don't condone this. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> wow. it was in a closed course. You know, there was. Right. You know, there you go. We, we shut the highway down. We were on Highway 83. <laughs> you know, local law enforcement endorsed it. We, other than that damn coyote, I don't know how he got past the barricades. But it was, it was sanctioned, very safe. One thing that disappointed at uh, Falcon, though, was that, dude, I remember in whenever that elite was, 2000, was that 13, Josh? Yep. I remember there was being, like, huge like ocean naval vessel looking boats going up and down the line with like 50 cows it was so uneventful man like matt's like every morning there would be one border patrol truck with a big trailer at the ramp that was out and he'd be like i guarantee you we'll go find those guys and they'll be he said they'd be napping behind one of the islands in tiger bay and sure enough dude we went around there and they were just hanging out I, i but imagine they weren't asleep but they did look like they were maybe playing cards or something. And so apparently it's cooled off a little bit, but I was looking forward to like the seven foot rollers behind those huge boats and giant machine guns. It makes me feel like proud to be American. That is a good thing that it was quieter anyways, man, for sure. You know, at least you didn't feel on edge all week, but um, cool trip, dude. That's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing it with us. That uh, that's great. Hopefully. Yeah. I was going to say you might be done there after two out of three trips being such strikeouts but if you go back hopefully it's just when they're biting better and and i mean that place will come back around all these fisheries do and it it is coming back around it just it needs some water this winter you know i'm shocked to hear how low it was like Mm -hmm. a lot of our lakes in the southwest are higher than they've been in the last decade and uh you said it was what 34 percent yeah i think 37 but dude i'll tell you what like west texas looks like it's in a dry spell you know in the western united states had been this year but that was yeah, it's a, they need some water desperately. But, mm. you know, I'll always – any opportunity I can to go back to Falcon. I love it there, man. That lake has so much fertility. Dude, you'd look at his graphs. And whether it was the side scan or just the 2D sonar, and then he had some Lawrence version of the – it's not live scope, but whatever. But, dude, every one of those 17-inch LCD screens on his boat was just full of crap. Dude, Fish. Whether it's tilapia – freaking catfish shad you know and the bird life is nuts you can tell that there is i mean like just biomass out the ass i mean it's just like a fishing paradise and you know he caught a couple of bass the second day and i mean dude one of them was probably like four and a half pounds and it had the body of like a two-year-old fish it just probably was dude it looked like a sumo wrestler like it was just exploding out so it's like they're any lake like that is worth going to, even if it sucks, because the next cast is just the cast, you know? I remember Van Dam saying, like, like we were talking about how hard the fish fought down there uh-huh. compared to other fish in the country. <laughs> and he's like, it's because they're so young. He said, uh-huh. they grow so fast that, yeah, you know, you have a big fish, a four, five, six, seven pounder that's only a couple of few years old. It's full of spunk, you know, whereas like you catch a, a fish, a northern strain bass that's nine years old it's that size and it's about to die he's just uh, no he's not gonna he doesn't have the freaking craziness that a three-year-old does right yeah 
Maybe I mean it makes sense. Uh, it's that, a pretty well, bro science answer, but uh, it makes no, sense. No, Matt said the same thing too. He said that those fish don't live long at all. Like they have a real short lifespan huh. and almost verbatim to him he said they just burn up you know there's this 12 months wow. of growing season and they're just they're living their best life and they're they're like a, a stockbroker in new york city at 30 with millions of dollars right they just burn out like just it's just over <laughs> that's <laughs> funny they od on bait fish <laughs> were there just a million birds dude i remember the oh. pelicans being in the cormorants being crazy dude dude that and I, you know they Absolutely that. And I had remembered there being ospreys like nobody's business. The osprey count was down, but you know, all the trees are high and dry now, dude. Like there's just, there's no vegetation in that lake hardly. It's just, you know, rock. And, but yeah, you'd get downwind of a group of 400 pelicans, which was like regularly occurring. And it smelled like the outhouse at a music festival. I mean, those are some just vile, raunchy beasts, but yeah, no shortage of them. Right on. Uh, Smelled like a what? <laughs> Dude, like a porta potty at one of those big events, man. You know, it's just terrible. Like, terrible. It was. It's like, Matt, move the boat, man. If we're going to catch nothing, at least let's catch nothing That's, where it doesn't smell like that. I've had clients actually tell me that before. I can't remember what it was. It was, um, <laughs> golly, I don't, we were in an area where it was like maybe a campfire or something and we we're just getting smoked out. And my clients, like, if, if we're not going to catch anything, let's just get out of this. I'm like, okay, good point. I thought we could catch one here, but it's uh, all good. Yeah, I think yeah, Matt yeah. realized quickly that we were dry and, you know, didn't mean 99% of the things we were saying. And we were, the insults and the jokes were, I mean, you needed a little bit of tough skin to be hanging out on his Z21 because it was, anything was fair game. <laughs> That's when it's fun though. I mean, yeah. why be uptight, you know? Right. And it just is what it is, you know. And could you and imagine what he could have been dealing with? I mean, it, you could have yeah, guys that point, are just dude. uptight about. I mean, they're. I don't know. I've we've had messages from clients, and it, one guy was like, "You know, I don't care if I catch a big one, but my buddy, he's never really bass fish, and I just really want him to catch a ten pounder." That's when Scooter gets that trip, right? <laughs> like, how do you deal with that? guy's never fished in his life and he's expecting a 10 pounder how do you deal with that and yeah. i'm sure matt gets that more than we would here just because, because of the oh the, the expectations the yeah expectations good on that point lake. dude yeah and yep. he handled that like a true professional too i mean he was yeah. like you know he was given enough of the 10 pounder plus glory to make it exciting but right you know disclaimers and if he only knew like i and now he does that like we were we were more interested in the the drive, the bad hotels, the the questionable gas station Mexican food, the time away from other people in our life. That anything after that was gravy. So that's awesome. Cool. I, yeah, we know you had a good time, anyways, man. So uh, glad to hear it, man. Glad to hear it for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Josh, you uh, you you finished in a decent spot at a tournament this weekend. You want to go through that a little bit? What else? Yeah, is going you know, on with you, we uh. We fished that Wild West tournament at Lake Pleasant yesterday. I practiced uh, the day before with uh, fished with Alex uh, Alex Sentner. He was on the podcast in the early days of the podcast. He's our good buddy, and uh, we always have fun fishing together. We uh, we have like a knack for finishing eighth or ninth in these Wild West tournaments. I think we've fished like five of these things now, and I think we've got four eighth and ninth place finishes which is uh, hilarious man that seems to be where we uh like to live in those things but uh, they had a pretty good turnout they had like uh 85 boats 
we ended up ninth place and it was really tight. The whole top 10 was, uh, you know, 14 pounds one, which is a, a, honestly as tough as the fishing was. That's a really good bag. We had like 10, five and, um, like 11, one was like fourth. So everyone was kind of stacked in that, that 10 and a half to 11 pound range in the top 10. And, uh, it was just tough, man. Like you could feel the bite on uh, that lake. Like that lake is notoriously a pretty good lake in November, December, and absolutely the worst lake you'll ever fish in January. And uh, we're right on that edge. Like, and, and looking ahead, I was like, ah, it's probably still going to be pretty good, but you can just feel the change in the last week out there. You know, we've had some extra cold nights and stuff and the fish are just like pure winter mode to where they'll like, if you can catch them eating for like that 30 minutes that they bite in the morning, you can put a whole bag together right then and there. But if you don't, good luck. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of did like half and half. We, we kind of got on a little bit of an early deal where we caught two of our best fish early, but just two, right? And we, we tried hard. We tried for like three hours to get more. And um, that was dead. So then at that point, we just we just went deep and drop shotted, you know, drop shotted uh, and uh, used our electronics and, you know, filled out our limit. We caught one more good one out deep and then a couple more just keepers. So, you know, we caught quite a few short. The lake's got a ton of danks. I mean, like a ton. We caught a lot of 10-inch fish, but – um, five keepers all day, but I mean, there weren't many limits. I bet, you know, out of the 85 boats, I bet there were like 15 limits. Yeah. It was, it was pretty dang tough fishing. So you only you had know, five keepers, huh? Five all day, dude. And we caught our wow. last one at like two o'clock. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm bummed to hear that it was as tough as it was. I kind of thought that was going to be, I don't know. I thought that was going to be a different outcome on that. There's some places where you can catch a lot of dinks. You know, and, and also other species. Like we caught mm. this morning or yesterday morning, we caught like 15 whites. Um, mm. But just catching a keeper largemouth bass, you know, two plus pound largemouth out there, when it gets into this phase becomes difficult, dude. Like you have to, if you're going to go shallow, you need to know very specifically exactly what you're fishing and where the fish are going to be and time it perfectly. And if mm. you do that, you can catch them. If you don't do that, same thing very difficult you gotta you gotta run into them uh and then the deep thing it's 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 real specific it's just really it gets super specific this time of year and you have to fish precisely and slowly and uh that, that just makes deep? it tough what's that how deep was deep you know i say deep it's relative 25 or deeper okay. you know like we caught a couple of our fish in 40 yesterday and some of those fish are going to go even deeper like mm. january out there a lot of guys will catch fish in 50 60 feet so it's one of them uh we were joking about this earlier and this didn't end up costing us so it's not a big deal and it was an honest mistake but uh they're doing like a covid style weigh-in so you give your fish to the way master, the, like they, you drive through way and they come up and take them from you in a mesh bag and uh, they go weigh your fish. And then they announce your weight. You're sitting in your boat. You're like 50 feet away from the folks that ha are handling your fish. Well, we had one that we caught really deep and its eyeballs were kind of bugged out, but we fizzed it right away and it was fine. It was upright, totally, you know, fine all day Kicking. in the live well, but its eyes were so like bugged out that they just <laughs> assumed it was dead. So uh, we got penalized for a dead fish when uh, we never even had a dead one. But like, um, they just knew it was going to die eventually. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I was surprised when I caught it. I was like, "Well, I'm stoked to have that thing." But how big was it? It was like almost Double a three pounds. pounder. Nice. Uh, 
it's it's not looking good for this guy. But so, I mean, ended, go dude, ahead. In in a COVID weigh-in like that, at what point do they fillet him and make burritos? Is that before they weigh him or after? <laughs> Maybe they yeah, they, it was the burrito tax on that fish. I don't know, man. <laughs> dude, what positions them in 40, 50 plus feet of water in the wintertime? What what do they like? Like what's causing them to do that? That's a good Bait. question, man. I mean, a lot Bait. of the what what's that, Rob? Bait. Yeah, bait, you know, whether it's crawfish or shad, right? You know, it's uh, and it can be both. Like a lot of those fish that we caught were spitting up crawfish. One of the fish actually spit up a crawfish that it had just eaten. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yep, another, uh, you know, some more were definitely like spitting up shad on the way up. So 100%, that's where the bait goes and that's where the where the fish go. That craw- that fish, that big one we caught was eating crawfish and we never even saw it on the graph. It was so close to mm. the bottom. I mean, I caught mm. it vertical and I didn't see it there. And then, uh, but a lot of them you'd see, you know, you'd see some bait around or they'd spit shad up. So, and then is that, I mean, Lake Pleasant is a, a lake of, you know, it's deep and you got varying water levels throughout the year and you just have a lot of depth in most of the lake. So, how do you like zone in on that in this time of year? Is it like main lake, like that you feel like there's going to be some current off of it? Is it points? Is it humps? Like what? What in 45 feet of water? There's a whole lot of Lake Pleasant yeah. that's in 45 feet of water. So how do you even start to unpackage that? Well, that's, I mean, that's a good question. And a lot of it probably does have fish. But for me okay. in the wintertime, you know, like that lake, the, the fish get really channel and ditch related. So that's okay. a big thing, you know, is getting it down in those channels and ditches. A lot of the bait, they like to sit in that type of stuff. But that's not, not you know, a lot of times you could have a really good main lake point or a main lake hump or something that's got that right bottom to it where it's like it might be trees it might be rocks it might just it's any type of structure New or structure. cover on the uh-huh. structure because uh-huh. that that's one of the lakes that has so much structure it's it, lake mead has a similarity there like it actually has so much good structure that if you just look at it on a topographical map there are a billion places that would be good but you have to find that structure that's got a tree in the right spot, Uh uh, the right types of rocks or something like that. So not just every single one, you you know, every single one might have a couple dinks, but if you want to find one that's got big ones, uh, it's got to have the right stuff. And then of course, uh, on top of that, like Rob said, is bait. And uh, we had a couple of places we had found in practice that being deep like that, you just, you're like, man, you know, they're going to be here again for sure. Like this is where they're at they're going to be here again. And they had left and we we're like, oh. well, that, maybe they were more bait related than we expected. You know, maybe they swam in and used that cover in that deep water while the bait was in the area, but maybe the wind shifted or something like that. And uh, the bait moved on. And, you know, a couple of the places that we thought were going to be really good were just not. So I, I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of interesting. You know, you think, man, you find some trees in 45 feet, you know, they're going to be there they're the, next, live there, uh, right? the next week. Yeah. This time of year, but they had left. Hmm. That, it's cool, man. I'm sitting there in that lake specifically too. gizzard chat. Haven't been there a long time, right? I don't know how long it's been, but you know, that lake is kind of having a little bit of a Renaissance period where it's, it's changing and changing for the better. So it's, it's just interesting. And it's cool to think about how, you know, going forward, what that means, if some of those same patterns stay the same or how they change and it's cool. 
Good point. Yeah, with the gizzard shad, you know, and and you're talking. It is going through that, and and talking about it now after yesterday's fishing, like how tough it was. Like, (laughs) doesn't sound like a renaissance, but you gotta, you know, if you're listening, you have to understand that it's like the this is the toughest month of the whole year out there. You know, whether it's in South Texas or (laughs) yeah, pretty much, dude, pretty much (laughs) everywhere. You know, if you got a lake that they're popping off, drop us a message and let us know, man. We'll be there. I'll be there at 148 miles an hour. See you tonight. (laughs) It won't take Nick long. That's the truth. (laughs) I'm a whole jump inside of a gun. Don't message us any of that stuff. I'll be there fast. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, But yeah, other than that, you know, uh, so that was fun. It was cool. We went like 800 bucks or whatever. It was. you know did uh, anybody catch any big stripers or anything i don't know you know probably no talk Shoot, about I, that i didn't though. talk to anyone that had, had run into anything crazy yeah yeah um it had gotten so tough we laughed about this I'll, and i'll drop this tournament after this we'll stop talking about it but it had gotten so tough in the afternoon we fished so much stuff that we thought was good where we didn't catch one that uh finally we catch our fifth keeper at two o'clock and as i'm reeling it in i'm telling alex it's probably a catfish dude you know like <laughs> I was so, I had, my confidence was so shattered at that point that my instant thought was a catfish. And then, so we get it in the boat and it's a bass, you know, and it's our limit fish. We're happy. And I'm like, dude, I haven't caught a catfish out here in 10 years. You know, like, why would you think that's a catfish? Because I was so negative, dude. (laughs) Oh, so it was Dr. Alex Sentner on the boat yesterday, walking you through some mental quagmires. Hilarious. I mean, like, it's not like I was, I was just like, it was just so tough out there at that point of the day. It was like, surely yeah. it's not a bass biting my bait, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. funny. Yeah. They make better burritos though. Truth be told. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. I had some nasty catfish once dude. Uh, and I, I don't yeah. think I've had it since then, but it, I, I've had good catfish too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got a, I've got a, we've got a long list of stuff. We might not get through it uh, today since we've gone off on our tangent so long. Um, which is a good thing, but I've got a message here from a guy named Patrick Brondos. He has given us a couple good questions for the Q and a before, and this is like a story slash question. I want to read his, I'm just going to read his message because uh, I won't sum it up as well as I could read it. And then we'll go from there. Here it goes. Question for the podcast. What's the wildest stuff you've seen on the infamous party lakes in Arizona and Nevada while fishing? Growing up in Southern California, we'd spend a few weeks camping on Mead and Powell on a houseboat in the summers. When I was in third grade, while heading out to our spot in our houseboat, another houseboat rolled up next to us. The men were wearing women's bikinis, and the women had (laughs) nothing but men's shorts on. As they got up next to us, their coolers opened and water balloon launchers deployed. I was mesmerized by what my third grade eyes were exposed to until I heard screaming from the girl next to me as a water balloon made a direct hit with her inner thigh. Luckily, the older men in my boat gained composure and grabbed eggs. Eggs, holy cow. As I watched an egg fly through the window of the Powell Pirates party boat hitting the driver in the temple, the water wore and ended abruptly <laughs> anyway sorry for the long message i assume you guys have some good stories love the show that's outstanding uh, he's the we real vip to touch that what's that nick 
He's the real VIP. That's the best story. No one will ever top that. He needs to come on and tell them. That's amazing. <laughs> That's bold, isn't it? Oh, man, I need to regain composure. I'm, I'm about Nick to start crying thinking of a, an egg hit a guy in the temple as he's trying to drive a houseboat full of half-naked women and men shooting water balloons that's... the men are wearing bikinis what in the <laughs> world dude these people I, are crazy yeah, that's a tough look there all i know is that's the boat that i want to go on like i will be on the lake pal pirates going forward that's awesome <laughs> crazy yeah have that's... you have you guys seen anything that's that's in I mean, that realm i mean like so yeah our lakes in the summertime are nuts man like, they are nuts and i think anybody that's spent a fair amount of time on uh, you know any lake for that matter you're gonna see some stuff that'll give you a story so so i, mean, I appreciate uh what, what's that cat's first name you had to really patrick thank patrick. you patrick dude you made our day with that man oh, I, I can't believe i i had to keep that bottled up for the entire week <laughs> waiting for the podcast dude patrick you just gave me the best christmas present of all time you know josh before we started recording you teased us with that to try and get some ideas flowing and uh I, I went to Canyon Lake a couple years ago. Were you in the marina? Uh, I, 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 this is going on YouTube, so I'll have to blur <laughs> that out. But I, I started at the marina. Okay. No, I, uh, I had my kids. And, uh, um, you know, it, it was a couple years ago. So my oldest at that point, Claire was probably five. I bet William was three. And uh, um, when you have kids that young, dude, on a lake that fish is pretty tough, you kind of just end up like – at that time, we lo- they love to throw rocks off the off the bank, and there's not really a lot of bank on that lake that you can go, you know, dock the boat and just let them hang out. So you know, you go. What's the name of that uh, set of bathrooms after the mouth of the river there? Beer can Older? or a beer can? Yep, beer can. That's it. Ironically, and uh, <clears throat> so you know, I got my two kids in my boat, and we're just having a good time eating Oreos and whatnot. It's like, okay, like let's just go. I think she needs to use the bathroom, and it's like, we'll just go throw rocks and whatever. And it's like a Tuesday afternoon. It's not even like the 4th of July or anything. And we come around the corner and we're coming up to the docks and I can see one of the like the cabin crews or like 25 foot boats that's normally in the marina is tied up over there. And I could hear the chaos before I got any closer. But I had stumbled upon, you know, a bachelor party occurring in the wild with like 40 year old men. And uh, they had a blow up doll. They were oh, playing, they were playing uh, cornhole on the dock. And I mean, it was, they were absolutely drunk. Like, and it was like 5 p.m. It wasn't even like, I mean, I, I don't, it was an early night for those cats. And my son was so mesmerized by that blow up doll. He talked about it for like <laughs> weeks after that. He talked about, remember that doll they had and the look on its face? I mean, like he was just like, t- cause you know, it's like, you know, it's That's got the hilarious. whole facial expression. And uh, I told my wife when I got home, like, I'm really sorry. Like, you're going to have to hear about this from him for like a month. <laughs> I thought you took the kids to the lake. Seriously, right? Well, no, they have a good lunch buffet. <laughs> the oh, other that's place. terrible. Yeah, so that was... That that's was, classic. That adds another element to it. Nothing compared to Patrick, somebody throwing eggs to him in the temple, but it was still pretty traumatic for us. Yeah. I love it. Have you ever been on Lake Mead where you come into the back of a cove and there's like 
you just be fishing along and all of a sudden you come around a corner and everybody's naked in a camp. I mean, I've, I've done that. That's not pleasant. <laughs> That's crazy. Cause, dude. Cause I most see- of those people should not be naked. I'm, I'm assuming the Powell, Lake Powell pirate boat is a little like maybe those people should be, but the people in the back of this cove should not have been <laughs> D- so. different type of people, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Unfortunately, I think the people on the pirate boat are just out partying and I think these people, it's a lifestyle. To it's be like a colony of nudists. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, so. That's hilarious. I've How seen about the guys? Pleasant ones. Have you guys ever seen the, the trail camera photos of, like, guys will have trail cameras. And a lot of times it's in, like, um, bighorn sheep country, kind of the desert, you know, rocky stuff. And they'll get, like, a dude just walking by completely naked. No way, dude. Yeah. Like the guy had no idea the camera was there. Just and <laughs> no the guy's just like way. strolling through completely naked. In the middle of the mountains. Just in the desert. Yeah. Like like what makes you do that? Like you hop out of your car, you rip your clothes off, and you just start hiking. Like, how do you Sounds do that? Sounds invigorating. I might start doing that, dude. You just That's spawned a new years. idea. Maybe That's 20 Nick minutes. in 20 years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I That's think crazy. that person sees the trail cam and they're good. I thought that's you were going to say it's like is if i ever saw a trail cam i would be inclined to do something terribly. no and there's there's people that do that yeah. like like they because yeah, <laughs> i would totally their, go show my bits in front of one of those that seems yeah, like a good idea show their purple starfish <laughs> <laughs> dude what a uh i don't know what a sense of humor if they like tried to reenact it like just like they were a wild animal or something though like if they just you <laughs> know they, they see it and they stay out of sight they strip and then they walk by like that and they go back and get their clothes but that's not Hilarious. what's happening you're saying no. these people are just weirdos man completely clueless to the camera and they're just yeah. walking <laughs> through and yep <clears throat> that's why so, you shouldn't whatever. shop at rei and do drugs valid point valid point <laughs> they probably drive a subaru though. they have some sweaty oh, yeah. tivas yep live off the grid all right, Josh, give us your nudity story. I'm sure I don't you know. know. No, dude, you know, it's a uh, fishing at Lake Havasu. You know, I can't imagine the folks that live there and fish it all the time, like the stuff <laughs> oh. that they've seen, you know, because it's, it's just the more, like you said, the more time you spend, the, the more likely you are to see that crazy stuff. But, you know, we used to, that place fishes so good in the spring, you know, when I was, you know, not fishing like full time and, and just, you know, would fish team tournaments every weekend we would have a team tournament on lake havasu almost every spring break just because uh it fish so good the in the spawn spring. is so good uh-huh. so i've been there on over several spring breaks fishing tournaments and uh like i remember one time man there was a guy uh at a hotel like not our hotel but at a hotel at the tournament that some drunk spring breakers had like driven through the parking lot so fast they hit his motor and ripped the motor off his boat he uh, just woke he just gets up the next day and his motor's laying on the ground oh uh, just by the cables you know uh there's that, <clears throat> that that copper canyon that cove that everyone parties at you know i remember going by one time dude and uh you know there's a million boats in the back and out in the front of it there's like a couple pontoon boats like not tied up but they've got this massive banner that said like you know, uh, sinners go to hell, you know, and like, like, just like <laughs> completely, uh, thinking they're going to stop these or make these folks think twice before they go in there. And, uh, That'll make and them do crazy. it more. Yeah, probably so, dude. It was like, I was like, Whoa, what am I seeing? It was a huge Osteen. banner, like a, like a 30 or 40 <laughs> foot banner. And you could see it so clearly. Dude, I've got a Havasu spring break story. We were, tell. uh, this was back, it was so long ago, I had my 
my 89 champion. So it was in the early nineties. So I had that boat till probably 92 ish, 93. So it was in that span. And I had a, um, Astro van. I towed it with an Astro van. Nice. The windows in the back of the van, like on the door, the sliding door, they popped out. So they would, um, like an awning window, they would just pop out on the bottoms. Right. And it was me and my buddy from high school, Joe Huguez. We're going to fish a team tournament. We roll over there after work on a Friday. We crash in the parking lot of a hotel and we're sleeping in the back of the van. So anyhow, about probably three o'clock in the morning, we wake up to a hand coming through that window (laughs) trying to unlock my door. Like, I don't know how we woke up. I (laughs) think about how freaked out we are. You know, they're drunk. Oh (laughs) my gosh. You know, they're just drunk kids just dicking around. Who knows what they were going to do. Anyhow, like I still today regret, I mean, this happened 20 plus years ago. I wish I'd have grabbed the dude's hand. Can you imagine if you like just no, just grab it and like let your buddy out and beat the crap out of the game, right? Oh, it held him down. Oh, (laughs) yeah, just hold him there. That's what he gets, dude. That's what he deserved. Oh, yeah, dude. We were so freaked out. Oh, sleep. We didn't sleep at all, dude. We went and sat in Windsor's, um, in the Windsor parking lot, just like looking at each other, like, what just happened, dude? That's crazy. Did you ever see him? No, just running away, just running away. You, so yeah. Did he? Wow. So he found out that you were in there. And you ran off. Oh yeah, he he obviously heard us like wake up because dude, uh, there's a hand. Think about it. It's like, and you're groggy when you wake up. So you're like, what the hell's going on? Crazy. Dude, that's a hand. That's so. That's one wow. of my biggest fears about sleeping in my truck. And yeah, and dude, oh yeah, I, mean, I just like you guys were so tired, Nick. You know, so you got a hotel or whatever. And, I, you know, I get trying to save some cash or if you're tired, just taking a three hour nap, but sleeping in it's your truck, you're it, just man. so out of it, dude. Like yep. you're so out of it. It's so easy for someone to, uh, to, to do anything, man. And you're just, you're, you're out of it, man. You know, like it, um, it, it's super scary. Imagine if you'd have, if I'd have been like in the van by myself, like it would have been twice as scary. I don't know yeah. why that oh. is. But like oh, when you got a buddy to bounce off your fear, it's kind of, it's different, you know? So I don't know 100%. why that is, but yeah, that's gnarly, man. Yeah, the old Astro Van days. I, I've always had a lot of respect for you, Rob, but it just went up ten percent with you owning an Astro Van as a tow vehicle. That is so awesome. Those are Dude, that fantastic. Thing, Did it tow thing, like a dog? No, it had a four point three V six in it, and I would out tow. You know the hill, <laughs> the hill outside of Superior from Superior to Globe up up through the mm-hmm. tunnel. I would smoke the dudes with three fifties. I'm not really. Kidding. Oh, it yeah, was a good tow tow vehicle. Tow huh? machine. Yeah. Front wheel drive. No, rear wheel. Those rear were wheel? real wheel. Astro okay. vans were yeah. Yeah. Those things were legit, man. Byron Valwick had one. Uh Mark Kyle had one. Uh, my buddy Brad Hoffman had one. And I had it was like the uh the tow vehicle. I hope yours that. was tan. I'm envisioning it being like kind of a brownish tan. No, it was gray. Gray. Okay. Oh, dark gray and stylish. light gray. Yep. Nice. Yep. So. What year was this? Like when did you go to a truck? Like ninety seven? No, it's had to be like in, well, this even dates it back further because it had to be 89 or 90 because I think in 91 or 92, I got my first diesel and then that's all I drove up until currently I have a gas motor for the first time since then. So, Dude, yeah. are there any vans nowadays that you think could even nope. handle no, it? I think they, you'd have to do a full-size van, do like, um, like if you're just going to do like a van van, I'd probably do a Ford with the, you know, the eco, um, what is it? 
What's Eco the motor stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they are. Well, so. they do have a twin turbo V six that might be kind of tight, but dude, yeah. they made, they made Duramax diesel Chevy express vans. They're hen's yeah. teeth. They're super rare, but that would be yeah, I mean, foolishly That'd be a stupid. Sweet... But for someone like me, I'd be all about that. Dude, if I went and fished, if I were going to fish um, and travel and fish the regional stuff and anything other than local, I think I'd do a van again. I'm telling you, it's, they're so comfortable and you're not. So the key was with the van, like you would sleep in it and you would turn the heat on, have your key in the ignition, right? And you'd wake up, crawl out of your sleeping bag, turn the vehicle on, crawl back in your sleeping bag. And by the time you, you know, wanted to get up, it was nice and warm in there. So you can't do that in a truck in the, you know, in a cab. Camper so, shell. Yeah. In a camper shell. Yeah. So. Anyhow. And you can pick other people's kids up at soccer practice when you're done. You know, you can do some community service. Or you could be a, yeah. You just don't get the white van, the creeper van. <laughs> you got to stay away from those. Yeah. Paint, paint candy and puppies on it. Yeah. I'm trying to picture. So, uh, sorry, I'm going back here. I didn't comprehend. Do you, you leave the van running all night or you would no, turn it no, off? No, you just you, leave the key in the ignition. So it's right there. You know where it's at. And then you just put the heat, like you turn the, like before you shut it off, you turn it to where it's to heat, you know? Yep. And then you just get up in the morning, crank it on, and crawl back in your bag until it warms up, and then crawl out. Oh, okay, I got you. Right on. Yeah, yeah that's you don't cool. want to leave it run all night. That'd be. You know, I think night. another good tow vehicle is a thirty-foot majestic motorhome that slightly overheats ninety percent of the time. That's where it's at. Yes, because oh, yeah. you can park it anywhere. It's, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's real nimble around <laughs> tight spaces and non-boaters I mean, can it, back that rig in uh, every time. Yeah. Mostly hung over, they still got it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, use that thing to do some fishing, man. January, Mitch and I are going to Havasu. So any of you guys that want to come. No I kidding. Got the, I already got Heck the yeah. green light. It's a new era in Nick's Look at life, you, dude. Just right on. knocking them down. You I better mean, not put Mitch on any uh, good fish over there, dude. I got to beat him in February. Well, I'm going to go to that uh, cove you're talking about where the uh, Sunday morning preachers hang out. I hear the, the bite is good over there. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good place to fish. On that Osteen yep. bite. Preachers on pontoons remind me of uh, Ozark. Ozark. A bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Hey, I heard that they filmed that in uh, Georgia. Yeah, it was on uh, Lanier. Right on. Yeah, I had yeah. No the BTL idea. homies were talking about that. I think yeah. right. Oh no, yeah. kidding! That's oh right on. That's cool. Right on. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, hey, uh, I was I had a bunch of plans, uh, stuff written down to talk about some fun 2020 recap stuff, but I think we'll save that for next episode. Uh, one thing Wait. I do want to talk about to offer a little more value to our listeners on the fishing side this week is some just true winter fishing, man. We're like right in the middle of December, wherever you live, it's, it's winter time. And if, if, if you're not fishing in Florida and you're not ice fishing, a jigging <laughs> spoon is probably something that you can catch fish on right now. And uh, it's not something we've talked about a ton on this podcast, but it's something we do a lot. So let's do a quick little rundown of, uh, of jigging spoon fishing and then and then we'll wrap this thing up but um what what month do you bust out your jigging spoons rob probably november november yeah bust them out in november um there's a period of time in november when it can be really really good and then um and maybe it's just that first cold snap um but really good yeah 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 we'd fish them all the way through the winter through February, probably, um, depending on what's going on with the weather at that point. Um, cause it would be weird. You, one week you'd be catching them. I'm just kind of going back to old school Saguaro guiding. Um, one week in late February, you'd be catching them in 
you know, 50 foot of water. And it seemed like you could be catching them on beds the following week. You know, mm-hmm. I, it, it might not have went that fast, but I mean, it was pretty quick how it would go, you know, interesting. So, so right. Yeah, November that, to February. That sounds pretty good. And then, so out here, a lot of times you're, you're spooning on a spinning rod, right? Are there instances where you, you guys like a bait casting setup better, probably a flutter spoon, but as far as a chicken spoon, what does that look like? Right. Prior to guiding for me, I would never even have ever thought about putting it on a spinning rod. Um, obviously after guiding for 10 years, it's, uh, spinning rods have, have come into play a lot more on my boat. So yeah, the smaller stuff I would do on a spinning rod, the bigger flutter spoons, obviously on a bait caster, but, uh, we used to use a, um, Josh, have you ever used the ounce and a half, uh, herring? What's the crippled herring, crippled herring, it's a great spoon, dude, great spoon, expensive suck i mean i don't know how many of those i hung in trees on pleasant back in the day when it was full of trees but um yeah you'd definitely use that on a bait caster too mm-hmm. i like how they would come with a single hook and you'd have to put yeah. the treble hook on Isn't that dude. weird hilarious it's like a saltwater bait i guess right it, had, it wasn't it had a, to man it was a well, ga- galvanized hook too wasn't it yeah like a yeah galvanized like total saltwater type thing yeah, yeah. I, I don't know but uh yeah, yeah. nick you, you know i'm with rob on that like it and we're talking more jigging spoons than flutter spoons. I should probably specify like the flutter spoons, a total year round thing. It's a total, it's a more it's of a, a summer a, deal, right? It's a different deal. Yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal in the summer and you can use it in the, in the winter for sure. But like, it's typically more of a vertical jigging spoon thing uh, this time of year. And yeah, like if mm-hmm. it's under a half ounce, I like a spinning rod. Um, I love how you can just open that bail and it just shoots down to the bottom. Send it You're to not the having bottom. to peel a reel off your bait caster. Um, you can get away with heavier line on a bait caster, which is nice. Like if you're around trees and stuff, you know, it's nice. You can put it on 15 or 20 pound test and, 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 and move those fish, fish out of battle. the cover when you have to, the spinning rod, you know, you lose that, but I like it on a spinning rod a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my all time to... favorite, I'm sorry, Nick, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say braid to floral, obviously. Yeah. What, uh, what were you going to say, Rob? My all time favorite guiding is the, the Rapala ice jig for for vertical jigging it just uh i mean that thing catches, catches everything it catches everything too everything too <laughs> yeah. channel catfish flatheads large mouth small mouth white bass yellow bass you name it it catches them <laughs> it's a fish yeah. catcher just the way it sits yeah. horizontal um <clears throat> you know a couple of years ago berkeley came out with a snap jig and when they first came out with it it was for like walleyes and also ice fishing and it's it's very similar it's got the wings clear wings off the it's a jig head with the wings off the back Interesting. You put your own soft bait on it so you can mm-hmm. totally switch out your soft bait but what's cool about it is you know like a lot of those ice fishing jigs there's a few different brands like they've got hooks everywhere but none of the hooks are like ideal hooks right, right. like they're all they're just, just garbage they, they get the fish and like Sometimes they're just like, it's just scary. Like when the fish start thrashing at the side of the boat and stuff, it's so easy for them to come off. But that snap jig, it's got one big jig head hook. So like when they get it, count one, two, three, and then you swing. Yeah. And, and like, you've got them. So I've been playing with that a lot more and it's become not like the only one spoon I'll use, but it's, it's, it's in the rotation now. It's a pretty yeah, cool Yeah, I need to check that out. That sounds, yeah, I'll give you some, dude. What they, size do you throw here? Is that like a half ounce? Yeah, I'll throw like a half ounce with a three-inch bait. They make a 
they call it a champ minnow. It's a Jordan Lee bait Jordan design. It's just a little three inch minnow bait. But what's cool about it for the, that thing is it's, it's actually pretty tough plastic because when you get on a bite like that, man, you're catching, dropping, catching, dropping, catching, dropping. You don't want to be screwing around with changing a bunch of soft bait. So that tough plastic holds pretty well, but go ahead and keep going. I was going to say, I'm with you on, on the ice fishing baits, man. They are, I mean, I probably prefer them over a regular jigging spoon. The only, when you get around a lot of trees, man, they're brutal. Like yeah, you're a lot expensive. better off with a standard drinking spoon when you're around cover, like even docks too. And like you, you mentioned, you lost a lot, but man, so often you get lucky, like you snag it and the weight you can jiggle it and the weight of that spoon will pop it off the yep. snag. Whereas the ice, ice jig, man, you're stuck and, and uh, you're breaking it off. Have I told you about my first experience with the ice jigs? <clears throat> Excuse no. me. So I was in, I think I was still in high school. My sister uh, lived in Los Angeles and I went over and spent, I don't know, like a long weekend with her. And um, there was a tournament on Castaic and I'm like, I want to go to the weigh-in. So her boyfriend uh, took me out to the weigh-in and we watched the weigh-in. And as I'm watching the weigh-in, these guys, I know the guys that won had a limit of four pounders. I might've told this on the podcast before. I don't think so, dude. I've never heard Anyhow, um, all these fish are coming in, their eyeballs literally are hanging out of their head. Like these fish are dead. Every one of them's dead. And so the talk around the weigh-in was all these guys were catching them in a hundred plus foot of water on an ice jig. And they, the, the catch and release wasn't so big in that deal. Maybe Burritos. They weren't yeah. fizzing them. They didn't really care too much about that. I don't think it would have mattered, yeah. Josh. Their eyeballs were literally coming out of their head, <laughs> hanging by strings. I'm not kidding. Just hanging there. <laughs> Dead He's serious. Nightmares now. Yep. That's crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's yeah I remember I remember spooning a fish on uh, Shasta, a spotted bass super deep, and as soon as I pulled the fish out of the water, he made a popping noise, and he oh. was dead. <laughs> You would have mistaken that for Josh. Their their bladder literally (laughs) exploded. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. Nice inside joke there, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to end up dead one of these times too, so it'll be similar. (laughs) Yeah, then it won't be an inside joke. We'll just go ahead and post it. Um, So let's talk about like, Rob, your story there talks about like triple digit depths in Arizona, and then you guys can talk regionally. What are we looking at? Maybe like – 35 to 75 spooning depths. Yeah. What do you I'd think? say 20 to 75, dude, okay. because like yeah. you go back East in Texas, you know, like the fish are going to go to a depth that the bait are at, but also water clarity plays a big factor. Uh, so if you're in a crystal clear Lake, we're talking about Lake Pleasant. It's no big deal to catch them in 60 feet. Or like you said, Rob, I mean, some of those lakes in California, even, even down to a hundred, which is psychotic, but so uh, Cal's got all the extremes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. White sunglasses, bro. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, we've got a ton of California listeners, man. And we got lots of love for them. It's all in good fun. Yep. Uh, But, uh, you know, Texas, it's like 20 feet. Like a lot of times you get on, you know, you're fishing deep or deeper trees in in slightly stained water and you're using a spoon in 20 feet, you know, so it's, it's, it's relative to where you live for sure. But, you know, one of the trickiest things is finding fish to, to spoon right? Like, okay. because you fish this thing vertically. So you're not covering any water, <laughs> you know? So you can't just like go, I want to try it over there and drive over there and drop <laughs> your spoon down. You're not going to catch anything. If you catch, <laughs> if you catch them, you're lucky. Um, two ways to find them. You either graph a lot or you just keep the spoon on your deck 
and and fish around and wait for the just be paying attention and then at some point through the day you're like dang that looks like i should drop a spoon down and then you sit there and you catch 20 in a row i think that even happens for me more often than going and looking for them how about and you just guys? idling for them yeah, yeah that's i mean 99 percent of the spooning i've done that's how i've done it it's just so hard to like you said to graph them with the big motor turn around and drop on them and you might find an area by graphing around, but you're still, I still 100% agree with you that um, it's just an opportunity. You take Keep advantage of that. Day. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing worse than having a tough day guiding and trying to get people to continue to jerk that spoon up and down. Like that's the toughest thing. I mean, they, they, they didn't expect to come out and just fish vertically all it's day. It's boring unless you're but, catching them and then it's amazing. Right. It's absolutely phenomenal when you're catching them, but that's, um, I've had plenty four hour, eight hour trips where that's all we've done the entire time. (laughs) And that's how we're going to catch them, you know, and you have good days and bad days doing it, but it's, uh, it can be frustrating on a bad day. Don't you love it when you have clients that are like not experienced anglers, like maybe don't fish at all. And they've seen bass fishing on TV a couple of times. And then they, yeah. you know, they, they're out with you and you're and you're, and that's the deal. You know, it's the way it's, that you're going to catch yep. them that day. So you're out there and you don't catch them for like an hour. Yep. And they're like, Hey, do you ever fish up there by, by the cattails? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you ever throw uh, up in the, the shallows? Texas rigged worm. Yeah. In, in June, Never June and July it. in Minnesota, we catch the crap out of them up there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I never thought of that, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, typically I've only used this thing in my whole life. Dude, I was um, giving Mark a hard time because when we were at Falcon, the the bank looks great. Like nine, even though it's low, like there's still tons of cover that looks like absolutely would catch them. But it's also like freezing ass cold December. <laughs> it's like, dude, do not. We're not going over there. Don't ask him to go over Did there. Did Mark want fish. to? Was he itching God, to go know, to the bank? He was just talking about how good it looked, and you know, when you're hallucinating after you know, a, a, a dry spell, anything's on the table, sure. but it's like, you know, that it's December and they're out deep and like, or at least offshore. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't be that yep. guy. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, they're hard to find, man. They are. But, but when you find them, um, you can whack them. It's so much fun when you get on them. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they're, sometimes they're on structure, but more often than not, they're on bait. So like, it depends on where you're at. Like it, it table rock, it, it, like in the Ozarks, the spoons are really big deal. And, and they fish the shade of the docks and the fish are sitting under docks. Like, you know, I, there's been a lot of times I'll literally see like an open boat slip and I'll take my boat into the slip and just jig straight up and down in that slip and catch them. Nice. Um, but you know, a lot of times the fish are just on bait. So it's, it's hard. Like, and when you there's say, areas where you'll catch them just in the middle of a flat abyss. And it's like, man, that would have been, it would have been hard to, hard to just guess that they were going to be here. That's for and sure. And it kind of speaks to the fact that bait tends to be nomadic, right? Oh, like you sure. just get balls of shad and whatever, just blowing on the current or whatever decision they make. And so when you talk about having it on the deck, you're probably fishing like some kind of slow plastic and they blow through like a drop shot or a jig or something like that. And that's when they show up and you drop down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly, man. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when it comes to like colors and stuff like that, a couple little tips, um, you know, Chrome's probably my favorite all the time on a cloudy day. White's really good. Do you, you guys follow the same rules there? Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's times where the bait fish may be different, like, um, saguaro they like to eat yellow bass a lot so 
you'll go with a gold or more of a yellow bass color. But yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with blue and chrome, blue or uh, chrome, chrome and blue, those types and gold and black. I mean, it's, I don't know. I guiding with two or three people in the boat, I'll tie a bunch of different colors on two or three different colors and, and whoever catches the first one, the other guy wants that color and that ends up being the color for the day. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Hey, just... I, that I want to get on that side of the boat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's the other guy. We're, we're dropping in 70 foot. And the guy wants on the other side. And you're right? sharing a 19 foot you got boat. The, yeah. Right. You got the lucky side, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's too bad you can't like Nobody's ever going to want to go fishing with us because we're just hey, no. tired, <laughs> cynical <laughs> jackasses. Just don't say something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to bring a whiteboard out so you can like break it down like a college football analyst and do like X's and O's and like draw a little boat and be like, here's the abyss. <laughs> here's the school of fish. <laughs> right here. Or we get shirts made and then on the back of the shirt, it's just got, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the boat you're fishing on. No, we're not going to the bank. Uh, so then you don't have to answer any of the questions. Everything's already just written out. Uh, right, and then always carry a 12 pack of eggs in case the Lake Powell pirates show up on you and you have to defend yourself. And a video camera. Yes, please. Well, your phone will suffice. Right. We got it figured out. Uh, maybe I just need to do a better job of explaining things from the get go. Then the uh, then they don't have to ask those questions. Yeah, maybe I just need to step my game up. Anyone, any of the last seven people still listening with us by episode 58 or whatever this is knows that we're a bunch of dark, cynical jerks. So at least uh, we've, we've whittled it down to the expectations are on the floor. <laughs> yep. Right on. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think that almost covers it. Last thing, last thing on the spoon. Uh, I, I think it's really important to use a, a swivel, you know, a good ball okay. bearing swivel to attach your bait just so your line doesn't get twisted. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll drive you nuts with twisted line. And Nick, you mentioned the braid to leader, you know, it's, that's a big deal too. That braids a lot less susceptible to being jacked up from uh, line twist compared to like floor. Really on so. slack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and sure. there's a little bit of a knack to that too. I, I feel like that um, was foreign and a little challenging at first, but there really is something to letting it fall on slack but also managing the slack so much that you can still detect a bite, right? Like that's Great some call. of the, the challenge with it. That's a really good point, dude. Yeah, and and it's a matter of, I guess, just giving it just enough slack so that it has a free fall, but also knowing if something, you know, if there's a twitch or a stop or something like that, you're in a position to do something with it. <laughs> yeah. No True. doubt. One time at the Canyon or at the Marina and Canyon, that really <laughs> worked for me. So. <laughs> Hey, you're the man, Nick. I love that you can take that joke well. You've caught more big fish out of it than I have, so. All three of them. Right on. Well, uh, I think we, we've, we've knocked out about an hour, and we actually, I think, have an awesome episode coming up next week because we've saved some cool stuff, and uh, we've got some other uh, cool stuff. We're actually working on apparel, so um, we'll see. We're only about a year and a half late to that game, but um, <laughs> we're going to – we're going to tear apart the apparel world here coming up soon. So I uh, can't wait for you guys to see that meteoric rise as Nick would Michael say. Michael Kors has nothing on us. We're, we're going straight to the top, baby. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, any last words guys before uh, we, we shut this thing off? No, I just can't wait to go fishing eventually. So it's going to be a while, but I tell you it's, well, you can, you can back my truck down for me and net my fish. Okay. I'll do that. All right. Yeah, well, it's as 2020 draws to a close, man. Just uh, 
appreciate everyone that's still listening and, and giving us love. I know Josh, for the people listening, Josh usually runs most of the messages and the social media stuff. I peek at it occasionally, but uh, it's, it's humbling and gratifying that people are listening and enjoying it. And uh, man, just a big thanks to him for that. It's pretty, it's crazy. Who would have thought, man? I mean, Josh is big time. So I guess we should have had some success oh, with it, but it's just did. cool that like, I remember when we started this thing, man, and it just was kind of like three dudes in Rob's old garage being like, well, that would be kind of fun to make fun of each other and talk about fishing. And uh, it's been cool. I enjoy it. So thanks to them. Yeah, I agree. Huge thanks, guys. Yeah, it's, it's fun to show up to a tournament and have a bunch of bunch of folks come up and say, you know, like I told these guys, I had a bunch of guys yesterday asking if I had my uh, crotch hand warmers, <laughs> my hand warmers in my crotch. So, uh, it's but you cool didn't to answer and you didn't listening. you didn't tell us the answer, Josh. You just it wasn't showed quite them, right? that cold, guys. Okay. I haven't had oh. to do that in Arizona too much, thankfully. Gotcha. Yeah. Dude, I yeah. think I just thought of your next sponsor opportunity. You need to go to the company that makes dude wipes and pitch them on crotch warmers. Right? Like that's their same idea. style. Dude warmers. There you go. Hey. <laughs> Little <love> dude warmers. <laughs> uh, we great call. That's a great call. But yeah, 100% echo what Nick is saying. Thank you guys. Uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas and we will uh, chat with you next week. Right and on. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs>